chapter ten of lady jim of curzon street this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. lady jim of curzon street by fergus hume chapter ten what is love asked leah the next day at twenty minutes past four of a clear wintry afternoon with all his knowledge of five languages demetrius could find no answer and rose from his knees with the feelings of a man who is trying to melt an iceberg with a lucifer match ever since lady jim arrived to keep her appointment in the picture gallery he had been explaining his feelings at length and in the orthodox attitude of a mortal worshipping a goddess he had crossed his t's and dotted his i's with the utmost precision from english he had glided into french to plead the attractions of illicit passion two minutes of german resulted in sentimental assertions of that passion's righteousness and in illustrations of wertherism and immediately before she asked that impossible question he had harked back to her native tongue to impress upon her the solid british common sense of his wooing leah listened to this polyglot love-making with the feeling that she was camping under the tower of babel demetrius might have been a gramophone pouring out recitations from the poets for all the impression his impassionate rhetoric made on her well-trained feelings i suppose all these speeches can be classified under the heading of love she said unkindly when his exhaustion gave her an opportunity of intervening but what is love i've been trying to explain stammered the russian getting on his legs dispiritedly oh your intentions are of the best i gather that much but i am still waiting for a definition love is worship ventured demetrius rashly then why aren't you on your knees i have been on my knees for fifteen minutes really when did you look at your watch my heart told me then your heart is a timekeeper or perhaps a time-server if you will permit me to serve you my service will be for all time ah it seems we are immortal then you are he declared passionately every goddess is immortal lady jim laughed this war of words was amusing and pretty but she wished to arrive at some conclusion which would repay her for spending an hour in a coal gallery packed with shockingly bad pictures i am waiting for your definition of love she said at length i cannot explain the impossible it seems to me that you have been trying to do so would you like to hear how i define love his eyes burned like two menacing stars yes he muttered in a husky voice and holding his passions in leash love is sacrifice said leah slowly then i love you he burst out there is no sacrifice i would not make for your dear sake can i believe that try me and he again dropped on his knees get up said lady jim brusquely he did so take a seat he did so look at the floor and not at me he did so now then she continued feeling relieved that those fierce eyes were not making her flesh creep do you know what you are monsieur demetrius a fool he murmured bitterly his gaze on the parquetry i quite agree with you she rejoined promptly and why because i love you not at all because you don't love katinka aksakoff 
what has that to do with this he said gloomily everything she is free and i am not she loves you and i don't she will do you good i shall do you harm she can gain your pardon and make your fortune and you can make me happy cried demetrius looking up with the air of one who has found a clinching argument with the crumbs from my husband's table you don't love him the british matron portion of leah revolted against this plain speaking she liked sugar-coated speeches you have no right to say that i have no right to make love to you cried the doctor rising but i do Psh, he snapped his fingers what care i for that english pig your husband as to that young fool who sat beside you last night lady jim clapped her hands and jumped up laughing oh she cried with great enjoyment so it was mr askew's attentions that made you lose your head but not my heart i lost that months ago when i first met you ah you cruel woman have i not worshipped and adored you these many days do i not ache here he struck his breast passionately have you not made my life miserable with your looks and smiles and coldness and beauty he seized her hands roughly i love you so much that i even i constantine demetrius could kill you kill you she released herself with a cold laugh that sounds as though you were in earnest but if i could return your love ah he made a step towards her trembling and breathing hard one moment she waved him back and retreated herself to the window supposing i could love you what then i would i would he flung out his hands with a sob what is your price he cried savagely how crudely you put things said lady jim coolly my price is your services to be given blindly and without question and my reward marriage with me demetrius stared and gazed at her with unaffected amazement you mock me he said faintly no i am in earnest it is true that i am not free now but she looked at him steadily you can make me so murder whispered demetrius looking up and down the long empty chill gallery and not at the eve who was tempting him leah blazed out into genuine rage what do you mean she cried stamping her foot not a hair of jim's head shall be harmed then how how sit down and listen she said pointing to a chair i have a deeper feeling for you than you think no leave my hand alone we are now talking business business echoed demetrius blankly lady jim nodded composedly the pleasure can come later you have no money no title no position i can make money he explained rapidly and i can take up again my title of prince which i dropped when i became a doctor as the wife of a russian noble you will have to make your peace with the czar to get these things i will do so through mademoiselle askakoff no there are other ways i am not worthy of katinka and therefore think yourself worthy of me said lady jim calmly thank you there's nothing like being honest but you do not understand oh yes i do i understand that you can make me a cheap sort of princess and in some way can give me money all that you require as my wife you must have the lamp of aladdin then said leah with a shrug my capacity for spending will try even your finances but at the present moment i have not a penny neither has my husband well asked the doctor anxiously 
now that the plunge was made she found less difficulty in speaking plainly leaning towards him till the perfume of her hair and the close neighbourhood of her whole gracious person nearly maddened him into seizing her in his arms she proceeded rapidly my husband's life is insured for twenty thousand pounds if you as a doctor can arrange to satisfy the insurance company of his death so that we can get the money he will disappear and i in the eyes of the world shall be free to marry you do you mean that i should give him a drug and no i mean harold garth my peasant patient well how stupid you are said lady jim with unfeigned irritation this man garth is very like jim and is apparently dying he can't live another two months then the matter is easily managed can't you see yes replied demetrius whose quick brain seized the feasibility of the scheme at once but will your husband give you up leah nodded not wishing to be too explicit we have arranged that and does he know that his disappearance means our marriage no he thinks you are poor and will do anything for money ah said demetrius sarcastically then the high-born nobleman does not credit me with being a gentleman what does it matter what he thinks said lady jim impatiently we needn't trouble about him after he disappears can it be managed yes if you will promise to marry me when you are free and in possession of this money she gave him both hands i do promise he bent down and kissed them passionately consider it done without any scandal assuredly listen the duke wishes to save the life of this garth because he is fond of him yes yes i understand go on i say to the duke that a warm climate will work wonders continued demetrius dramatically he will gladly consent and with this garth i go to to nice or cannes or no said the doctor sharply if i set foot on the continent i may be captured by the secret police i have no wish to take garth with me to siberia he added sarcastically it is not a warm climate the azores madeira jamaica barbados any such place will make him better i don't want him to be made better said the other conspirator naively leave that to me madam garth will die as garth and be buried as myler your husband no no said leah with a shudder i won't have murder you are scrupulous rejoined demetrius with a shrug but make your mind easy garth cannot live he may die on the voyage or he may live for months demetrius shrugged his shoulders again in that case i may have to assist nature no said leah again and very determinedly i could never spend the money with any pleasure if i thought that you you assisted nature she ended faintly not liking to use a strong word the russian looked at her with silent surprise he could not understand why she should be scrupulous in one thing and not in another she contemplated a fraud on the insurance company and bigamistic marriage with him so it was impossible to guess why she should object to the inclusion of a third crime and it would scarcely be murder said demetrius continuing his train of thought aloud he is so ill this poor garth that the relief of death don't interrupted leah who both looked and felt pale i won't have it let the poor man die in peace if he dies otherwise i shall refuse to marry you 
you may do that in any case said the doctor grimly what hold have i over you there is no need for you to have any hold said lady jim wincing and feeling that she had indeed delivered herself into the power of the enemy but if you think i will not keep my promise you are mistaken i swear to marry you ah well said demetrius with a penetrating look if you do not marry me you cannot marry another since your husband will always be alive he spoke with slow significance oh you make him out to be immortal also said she with an uneasy laugh then felt the necessity of bringing this interview to a conclusion we must part now it will not do for us to be seen talking together i agree said demetrius gravely your proposal alters our relations entirely in society i will speak to you little lady jim nodded and put her handkerchief to her lips with a feeling of nausea now that her scheme was taking shape its outlines appeared rather repulsive to read of such a plot conceived and detailed by a dexterous author was amusing and stimulating to engage in its execution meant worry and a fearful ignorance as to what might happen should things go awry the same difference might be supposed to exist between aldershot manoeuvres and a real battle theorizing in criminality was easy practice would be both difficult and dangerous moreover she might have to pay a very large price for the privilege of engaging in this questionable transaction demetrius would certainly exact his bond in genuine shylock fashion needless to say she had no intention of marrying him and trusted to the providence of the peacock fetish to avoid the necessity though at the moment she saw no means whereby she could escape fulfilling her promise this reflection almost made her draw back and yet she was not under the doctor's thumb and could extricate herself even at this eleventh hour by denying everything should he dare to speak out but a second thought of her desperate need of money a sordid vision of cheap hotels and ready-made frocks a shuddering remembrance that the future as it now stood meant limited pocket-money and the everlasting boredom of jim's society turned the scale in favour of the venture be bold be bold said the warning of the door in the old fairy tale and leah thought the advice worth taking but she forgot the concluding words be not too bold i leave details to you she said to her companion when they had concluded their nefarious bargain madam i relieve you of all responsibility said demetrius now quite his grave restrained self but should i tell the duke that your husband is suffering from consumption you will endorse my statement i trust consumption jim oh lord he's as healthy as a pig he will not be if he takes a certain medicine said the man dryly leah had a conscience though for years it had been persistently snubbed into holding its peace after all jim was her husband and she had no right to sanction tricks being played on his robust health you don't mean her voice died away nervously i mean business demetrius flashed out i love you and i mean to win you the price that you ask shall be paid without harm to jim or this man garth i swear it in that case leah extended her hand to withdraw it suddenly before the russian could rain kisses on its soft whiteness a choking sensation new to one of her superb health made her gasp frantically after the breath which seemed to be leaving her with unexpected force came a new sensation this abominable playing with the lives and hearts of men stirred up to vehement protest a hitherto unknown better self 
which overwhelmed her with wave upon wave of reproachful shame conscience uppermost for once in her greedy selfish animal life stripped the contemplated sin of its allurements and she recoiled before an inward vision of the horror her baser nature was creating it might prove to her what the monster proved to frankenstein and haunt her with nightmare insistence for the remainder of an unbearable life so weak madam asked demetrius reading the secret handwriting on the wall like a very daniel the sneer nerved her and she strove desperately to escape from the light of heaven into the material darkness that would not reveal her sin unclothed and shameless no she cried in a loud ringing voice i i again the celestial light mercilessly and mercifully disclosed the inward foulness of that fair seeming sin and the sight beat down her pride and courage into nothingness i take it all back she stuttered broken up and panic-struck forget don't move in in something clicked in her throat and only by a violent effort did she repress the climbing hysteria incapable of speech and only anxious to escape from this extraordinary influence which compelled her to face the powers of darkness in their naked horror she passed swiftly down the long echoing gallery not till she was safe in her own room did she halt to consider why she had fled her brain was now clear and the actual world resumed its wonted aspect her face was still white her lips still quivered her soul was still shaken by the visitation but with a courage worthy of a better cause she sat down and fought with her fears till the colour returned and the nerves came under control yet her material nature could not grasp that the terrible gift of the interior sight had been hers for one short moment i'm a fool she assured herself harshly and she was for as the walls of the flesh closed round her soul to darken it anew her good angel who had wrought the miracle weeping for the blind that would not see and the deaf that would not hear left her despairingly then the powers of darkness soothed her into such contentment that she laughed scornfully at her late folly and adopted their explanation i'm run down with all this worry said lady jim i really need a tonic End of chapter ten